0: Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church, or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. It's praying, boy, she gets excited. And when she gets excited praying, she sounds like she's from the South. So all of a sudden, she becomes a
1: Southern belle. So if she gets excited today, you're going to see Southern coming out of her. So that it's, it really is a treat to see that. So... Let's just, one seat, let's give her a hand one more time. Well, I come by it rightly because I was born in South Kingman. And so, if I, yeah, I, I tell that to my students. I say, all y'all. And they go, what? I, say, I can say it. I was born in South Kingman. So. Yeah, Kingman native, right here. This is what we look like. Oh, you know what? I don't hear it. I don't hear a southern accent. I think he's just, he goes, that southern girl showed up again. (laughs) So, well, whatever. I'm so glad to be here. Um, This is my Mother's Day message that I'm preaching in September. Um, This has been on my heart and in my spirit since February. And I'm telling you what, um, I was supposed to preach it on Mother's Day, but um, I got hit with a really bad case of vertigo. And I didn't want to either throw up or fall over on the stage. And so I said, "It's time. this will keep. This is God's word. This, the, it'll keep, you know. And which is really good because it gave me a chance to um, write it about two more times and edit it a couple more times. And even this morning, I was throwing in some notes. And God has something very specific that he wants to say this morning. I believe it with all my heart. And so before we go any further, would you bow your heads with me and let's pray. Father God, we just glorify you. We just magnify your name today. Lord God, I stand before you humble um, with an appreciation, Lord God, and, and fully aware, God, of the weight, God, that your word carries, Lord God, and, and the privilege it is to be a messenger of your word. And I just pray that your hand and your anointing would be upon this, this message, and and Open the hearts, open the spirits, God, their, their spirits, so that they would receive the word that you have for them today. And I just pray, Lord God, that you just have your hand upon me and that I don't mess it up. And I thank you in Jesus' name. We don't, not my agenda, but his. <laughs> you know, I love that song that we just sang. Um, the first time, it's really hard for me. I had to kind of disconnect. It's really hard um, because it just wrecks me because that's what God speaks to me on a daily basis. That's what I feel. I feel it down in my bones that he wants to do some amazing things. You know, that last, that, the, the last line of the chorus, I keep telling Jason he's not singing it right. <laughs> because it says, oh the miracles we'll see. We will see. It's too good to not believe. And that's a prophetic word going out into our city. That's a prophetic word, going out into what he wants to do in this congregation. Uh, John and I have been a part of this church. Uh, mom and dad, I, we, before I ever met John, mom and dad, Mary and I, we came to this church in 1985, April 15th, 1985. My spiritual, my spiritual taxes came due that day and rededicated re, re my life to for the last time to live for him. And... Um, and since that day, we have had and even before that, since the inception of this church, we've had words and words and words spoken over this congregation, saying, of the words, saying that God is wanting to do a mighty, mighty work here. You know, people have had dreams, people have had, and um, people that come in and, and speak to us. We have had guest speakers that don't know us from anything and say, "Oh my gosh, God just showed me this." and God wants to do. Some amazing things and I really do believe that we are coming into a time where that word is coming into an alignment I know that's something that is intercessors that we are really going after that we have been going after and that God is um, is faithful and that we're hanging on to that word and there's people that have been praying that longer than I have you know that God wants to do something amazing here but the thing about that song is that it says, it's a, it's, a, it's a prophecy. It says, we'll see cities in revival, salvation flood the streets. We'll see glory fill the nations like the world has never seen. And my favorite line, don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Even now when our, when, you know, when the United States was born, there was a covenant that was cut between our founding fathers the, and uh, our founding fathers and God. They cut a covenant with God that said that this will be one nation under God. And even though the current political system has kind of not honored that covenant, our fathers will. He cuts a covenant, and he's going to honor that, and America will be saved, and we will see revival, not only in the United States, but across the world. We're already seeing it in different places. Um, We've been, like I said, we've been praying for years. I had a dream almost 30 years ago of um, what I thought was the rapture, and I believe for this long it was the rapture, but Actually, what it was, it was a pillar of clouds that was over over here, over these mountains right over here, this huge pillar of cloud, and then it split through the middle, and the glory of God just came pouring out upon this place, and it was a long time ago. I think Andy was maybe a year old, if even, that was, you know, that was always a long time ago. And um, God has just brought that back into my spirit, brought that, that back into my heart. But that's something that he wants to do. Um, Acts 2.17 says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old, mission, old men will dream dreams. And we've been praying for souls for multiple, multiple years. One day when I was praying a few years ago, I heard myself asking God to make us fishers of men. I felt his presence on me. And, I was, and as I was praying, I was praying that as we cast our nets into this city that God would fill those spiritual nets. And he showed me the nets of souls so big and full that we would need to partner with others around the city for we could not contain the harvest. And this is, this is something that, like I said, this is just burning deep within me. And so I, don't, I, don't, I apologize, but I don't apologize. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. If I get emotional, that's just the way it is. Because this is something that God has put into me. And um, because there was a point in time when God rewrote my spiritual DNA, about six six seven years ago 2016 actually is when he rewrote my spiritual dna and he just started lighting my life on fire i got saved when i was a kid i rededicated in 1985 but it wasn't until about five six seven years ago that my life my soul came alive when he rewrote my spiritual dna and i was forever changed and i he wants to do the same thing for you this morning he wants to do that. He wants to rewrite your story so that we can rewrite the story of our nation, so that we can rewrite the history of our world. You know, for years I was raised with the the the, and I was raised with the thought that we just need to leave. You know, and a lot of us were. We had that doctrine in our hearts. We just need to we just need to leave this world and leave it behind to burn. Well, guess what? Those are God's kids too. And you know what? That's not God's heart. His heart is at all. All. None should perish, and all would come unto repentance. That's his heart. Amen. And that needs to be our heart as well. So recently, February 14th of this year, it was a Sunday morning, Valentine's Day. And... Oh. oh. That, it's a brand new microphone. That was Valentine's Day. And... um. As I was getting out of bed, my feet were, I was hanging, you know, just sitting on the edge of my bed before I got up, and God spoke this to me. He said, what if today was the day they remember as the day the Holy Spirit fell? He said, what if today was the day they remember as the day the Holy Spirit fell? And that just rang through my spirit. Because every great revival has a starting place. Every great revival, every move of God, every changed life has a starting place. That marked day, that day that's going to mark, that's when my life changed. I have it for me. We have, And sometimes we have a couple of them. What if today was the day that they remembered that the Holy Spirit fell? I've been praying this word for, into this word ever since. And if a huge harvest of souls is coming, and I know that it is, and you can't tell me otherwise, (laughs) then we as his church need to be spiritually healthy. You know, God starts bringing in, what if, you know, one of the reasons why I moved to the high school, I I moved from middle school to high school, was I believe in this word. I believe that the harvest of souls is going to begin with our youth. And I believe that God put me in a position to, uh, I don't know, what's going to happen? I have no idea. it's like, you know what? He does. I I just got to be faithful. And so what would happen if this place was flooded with teenagers? What would happen if this place was flooded with sinners? You know, like they did in the Jesus People movement, where they came in and they just said, all we know is once we were lost and now we're found. And they came in with their long hair and their bare feet and, you know, Their habits and stuff, they're still coming because it had an influence. And it was those churches that opened up their church and said, it doesn't matter. Was it Chuck Smith that uh, his church was, um, the people said, well, they're getting the carpet dirty. So the next Sunday, they came to church, and he had ripped the carpet out. (laughs) But it starts here. Revival starts here in the hearts of his people. And we have to be spiritually healthy in order for this to take place, in order for us to be able to mentor and mother and father the next generation of souls. So that's where my heart is today. So I'm hoping that you would be forever changed today, that you will walk away, that this won't just be a, f- a nice little sermon. Oh, didn't she do a good job? You know what? I want you to meet God today. Amen. So I, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 32, and like I said, this has been this has been stirring inside me for a long, long time. And so Genesis chapter 32, we're just going to go through the entire chapter. Just about we're going to you know jump around, and God's going to take us on a little journey, and we're going to stop, have a few little you know look-off points, but we're going to make the circle. And uh, God has a place that He wants us to go. And um, I just want to stop and say, hey. To all the people online, we're so glad you guys have joined us this morning and to everybody that's going to watch this later. You know what? God's going to change your life too. It's going to happen. So let's look at Genesis chapter 32. And we're going to start in verse 1. As Jacob started on his way again, angels of God came to meet him. And when Jacob saw them, he exclaimed, this is God's camp. So he named the place Manahim, and then Jacob sent messengers ahead to his brother Esau, who was living in the region of Seir in the land of Eden, Edom. And so in this, this is um, one of the last stories of Jacob directly, of, of all of, of uh, Jacob's life and um, we know that when he left home he didn't leave on the best circumstances and uh, he, but God blessed him while he was living in the house and, the, and working for his father-in-law And we pick it up here uh, at the end of verse 30, at the end of chapter 31, he had just had a meeting with his father-in-law and they had just cut a covenant together and they had just decided that, you know what, God is going to be our God and, and, you know, we're going to live in peace and we're going to, you know, he, he released them in peace and, you know. There's all kinds of other stuff that's happening in there. But he had, they had just, um, he had just cut a covenant with his father-in-law. And so as he started on his way again, again, angels came to meet him. And he came to this camp, and he's like, oh, my gosh, you know, God is so good. And my life is going just right on course. And, hey, let's go. You s- we'll send messengers to my brother Esau. Let him know we're on our way. And he's just, you know, praising God and having a good time.
0: <clears throat>
1: no. Let's go to verse 6. So after delivering the message, the messengers returned to Jacob and reporting, we met your brother Esau, and he is already on his way to meet you with an army of 400 men. <laughs> Jacob didn't leave on the best of circumstances with his brother. Actually, he left because he thought his brother was going to kill him. And so he didn't know where his brother, how his brother feels, and now with an army of 400 men, uh, Jacob was terrified at the news. He divided his household, along with the flocks and herds and camels, into two groups, and he thought if Esau meets one group and attacks it, perhaps the other group can escape. So as Esau answers back to Jacob's message with 400 men, you know, you don't know what Esau was thinking either. I wish that we would have, you know, this would have been like. To, you know, we could get both sides of the story because how did Esau know? I mean, how did Esau know that Jacob wasn't coming to take everything? You know, I took your birthright, and so now I'm going to take everything. So, you know, he didn't know. They haven't been commun. I don't. I have a feeling they hadn't been texting each other lately. <laughs> they haven't been communicating, and so you know, so it's like, what was Esau thinking? I don't know. But this definitely triggered Jacob, and he immediately went into self-preservation mode and devised his own plan. He goes, okay, flocks, herds, camels, two groups. He had a lot. He had a lot of flocks and herds and camels. And then he goes, okay, maybe here you guys go first. And if something happens to you, maybe we can escape over here. And um, so he had a plan. Let's go. He had a plan. Verse nine, then Jacob prayed. And he says, O God of my grandfather Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, you told me, return to your own land and to your relatives, and you promised me, I will treat you kindly. Quotes. I am not worthy of all the unfailing love and faithfulness you have shown to me, your servant. When I left home and crossed the Jordan River, I owned nothing except a walking step, and bound out. now my household fills two large camps. O oh Lord, please rescue me from the hand of my brother Esau. I am afraid that he is coming to attack me along with my wives and children, but you promised I will surely treat you kindly. I will multiply your descendants until they become as numerous as the sands along the seashore. Too many to count. How many times have we done this? Disaster hits, problems hit, something happens, and we go into self preservation mode. We say, okay, this is what we need to do do this, do this, do this, do this. Oh, I guess we should pray. Maybe we should pray. Why is that not our first response? Why is that not our first response to pray and to see what God says? You know, I've done it both ways. I've I've tried to figure it all out and then go, oh, Jesus, I need your help. And then uh, back in January, we had a situation, John and I had a situation where we stopped and we prayed. And I'm telling you what, the peace of God that flowed over us, it didn't didn't happen in one day. It kind of was a process of a month or so. But throughout every time, every bit of that process, through every step of the way, he was faithful. He was faithful. His peace was there. When I should have been freaking out, I wasn't freaking out. Why? Because I trusted him. Because I stopped. I said no. And I'm telling you what, I wish I could say I've been doing that for years. But there is a huge difference between with and without. With and without. Without. And so here's Jacob, and he's praying, God, you told me. You told me to leave. You told me it was time for me to come back. God, you told me that I will be kind to you. I will multiply your descendants. So I have to, you know, my kids are over there. You told me. This is your word. And God doesn't mind being reminded of his word. You know what? Your word says. Because what we do when we remind him is we remind ourselves, too. You know, and so this kind of turns around a little bit, but it's, it, it's not this. We we don't need to come to him in a, in a, a in an accusing tone, and saying, "God, you said, you said, like a spoiled little brat, you said no." It's like God, this is what your word says, Amen. and I'm going to believe you. Amen. And so. So he reminded God, Jacob reminded God um, what he had promised and that he would be kind. But what he didn't realize was that God was already on his way to minister to him and to answer his prayer. I have my little remote here. Next. So during the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives and his two servants and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. And after taking them to the other side, he sent over all of his possessions. And this left Jacob all alone in the camp. And sometimes in order for God to get our attention, we need to stop. In order to be able to get a hold of God, we need to stop and be alone. And here's Jacob alone with his thoughts. Here's Jacob saying, okay, you know, you can tell his anxiety, he can't sleep. His anxiety is through the roof. So he gets up in the middle of the night and says, okay, packs up all the mamas and the babies and says, here, you guys go this direction. We'll let you know. We'll send message to you when when things are better, when things are okay, you know, and sends them all off. And now he is, here he is, all alone. And that's just where God wanted him. That's where he needed to be in order to hear God's voice, in order to be able to have this encounter with God. So here he is, alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. And as I was reading this, actually, I read this back in January. And I couldn't get past this. I could not get past this scripture a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. So I got to thinking about, here, here's Jacob, and he's in camp, and he's all by himself, and he's sitting by the fire, and some dude walks through his campfire, walks through his camp, and he's like, hey, you know what? He was at an emotional state, and he was at such a frenzy, probably, that he might have thought that it was a spy from Esau, 400 men, let's send a spy ahead. Let's see where he's at. Let's see where they are. So maybe he thought he was a spy from Esau. So what does he do? He tackles the guy. He tackles him. And they start to wrestle. And he doesn't even let the guy say anything. Notice there is no, in- no words spoken right here. He just tackles him and they start wrestling. And wrestle and wrestle and wrestle and wrestle. <laughs> I believe that this is a, a physical manifestation of our spiritual life sometimes something happens and we wrestle and wrestle and wrestle and wrestle. Let's talk about the man for a second. Some people say that it was an angel. Okay? I did a lot of studying on this. Some commentators say that it was an angel. Some say that it was an angel straight from the throne of God. Even the, the, the thing that threw me off was as I was studying this out, the book of Hosea in some translations says... uh, Jacob wrestled with an angel but then later on in in that scripture it also says that it was God that he was God and so it was like okay so I did some research and I found um, three places in Genesis chapters 28 31 and 32 where he has encounters with angels we all know about the first one Genesis 28 12 where he fell asleep and as he slept, he's dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven, and he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. So he knows what angels look like. Genesis chapter 31, before he leaves on his journey. um, Then in my dream, the angel of God said to me, Jacob, and I said, yes, and he said, get ready and leave this country and return to the land of your birth. So once again, there's an angel, 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 and at the beginning of this chapter, Verse 32, uh, chapter 32, verse 1. As Jacob started again on his way, angels of God to meet, came to meet him. And when he saw them, he exclaimed, this is God's camp. So he knows what angels look like. So if, he, if it was an angel, he would know that it was an angel. And I don't think he would have tackled him. So, no angel, not an angel. And so a lot of people say, well, this is God. And so if we look at verse... Uh, Genesis 28, verses 13 through 15, it talks about the stairway to heaven and the angels going up and down. And in verse 13, it says, at the top of the stairway stood the Lord. Have you ever seen that before? I'd never seen that before. That at the top of the stairway was the Lord. And we always hear about Jacob's ladder and the angels going up and down and everything. And we know that God spoke to him, but I didn't realize at the top of the stairway, there he is. And so it's like, okay, well, he He knows what the Lord looks like. He knows what angels look like. So then why does it say that it was a man? Well, stick with me. I believe that this was Jesus, the pre-incarnate Christ. Because at this point in time, now it's it's not too far, too far-fetched. Now listen, is at this point in time, you know, Jesus was never, there's only one segment of time that he Um, that he confined himself to there's only one segment of time other than that you know um, who walked with what form did God take when he walked with Adam and Eve in the garden you know what form did God take when he visited Abraham and told Abraham that Sarah's gonna have a baby didn't John say in chapter one of the book of John didn't he say in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and that we beheld him as the only begotten son of God? Didn't he say that? So is it too much of a stretch to say that this was Jesus? Just food for thought. I love the fact that after Jesus was um, raised from the dead and glorified, that he zipped around Jerusalem and other places, the two guys on the road to Emmaus, I love that. I love that story. Here he's going like, oh, what you guys talking about? And they go, have you been living under a rock? You know, <laughs> don't you know? And he goes, but don't you know? Look at the, what the word of God said about the Messiah. Blah, 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 blah. You know, and they didn't even know it was him until it was too late. Until they asked him to bless the food. Stay for dinner, bless the food. He blessed the food and they're like, oh, and he goes, see ya. And zips right out. Don't you just love that? you know? So he could do whatever he wants to do. That's just my opinion. You know, I don't, that's my opinion. He can do what he wants to do. And so I'm this, I think that this was Jesus, the pre Christ, God in the flesh. And so here he is walking into camp. He has a specific purpose. He has a specific purpose to meet with Jacob. He has a specific purpose to um, minister to Jacob and to change Jacob's life. You know, angels at that point in time were only messengers. That's all they were. They were well, not all. They were messengers. Okay, they were war angels. They came to give the message of God. This was a different kind of encounter. This was a totally different encounter. But yet, yeah, Jacob didn't recognize, and Jacob did, didn't recognize him, and so he wrestled. He tackled him down and wrestled, and they wrestled and wrestled, just like we wrestle. Sometimes we get so consumed in our problems that we don't recognize who God is right in the middle of everything. Sometimes we don't realize that God is showing up in the midst of our struggle to bring comfort, guidance, and encouragement. Um, John and I ended up, we had a little bout of COVID in December. And since then, he has yet to regain his sense of smell yeah, poor guy. <laughs> and so, but lately he's had, it's kind of shifted around a little bit. And you know, I, he always always say, oh, I smell gasoline. Do you smell gasoline? No, I don't smell gasoline. You know, things like that, weird smells. Well, the other day we're laying in bed and, and, um, you know, and he goes, do you smell Fruit Loops? I said no. I don't smell fruit loops. He goes, "I feel like my face is in a box of fruit loops right now." <laughs> and I'm like, "I don't know what to tell you. We don't even have fruit loops in the house." <laughs> the boys were here but we didn't buy fruit loops for them. So, I don't know what to tell you. And if it was, if they were here it would have been, you know, fruity pebbles and not fruit loops, but they smell the same. He goes, "I and it worked went for days. I smell fruit loops. I smell fruit loops." Finally, I said, "What if God is trying to show you something?" And he goes, what? I said, you know, you never know what God wants to do. You never know. Maybe there's something going on. Maybe he's fine-tuning your smeller so that when revival comes and when his presence comes in, that it's accompanied with that heavenly smell. Amen. You know, it's been documented that when people, you know, when people have been in the presence of God and the presence of God has been so heavy and they smell Something. There's a specific smell that goes with it. There's been testimonies about that. Maybe that's what's happening. I said, You never know. You never know. We gotta look for God at every turn. Who knows? Fruit loops. <laughs> it's, just a, it's a practice. Maybe it's just a practice. Just to get you to know, to get you to notice, to get you to recognize, to get you to say, God, what are you telling me? He's used other things. You know, Balaam didn't know that that donkey was gonna talk to him that morning when he got on him. He had no idea. You know? Those fishermen had no idea after coming in after a night of not catching any fish that they were going to meet Jesus. They had no idea. So we never know. We need to always be watching for him, always be waiting for him. Don't we need to realize that God wants to show up, that God is with us, and that he wants to show up at every turn. So let's look at uh, verse 25, because this is interesting. Verse 25, story of Jacob wrestling. He says, when the man saw that he would not win the match. Okay, we're talking about the man. Who is the man? Jesus, God, some supernatural being. When he saw that he would not win the match. Have you ever thought about that? Jacob wrestled with him and he... Wait, if this is a supernatural being, being, why did Jacob win? Or at least, you know, he was, a, he was, a, he was a, a challenge to him. It's because God gave Jacob supernatural strength to endure this wrestling match. Whether we realize it or not, he does this for us as well. 2 Corinthians 12.9 says, My grace is always more than enough for you. And my power finds its full expression through your weakness. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. And he strengthens us. And he's there with us. And so here they are wrestling. And so when he saw that he could not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. And now this is not, it's like, oh my gosh, that's kind of drastic. For Jacob, maybe that's what he needed. Everybody else is different. Now, what am I saying? I'm not saying that God uses pain or God uses broken bones to get your attention. Not saying that. Amen. I am not saying that at all. But he will use circumstances in our life to get us to stop and pay attention. And so a hip out of its socket, it'll, it'll heal, you know. And it's the same, same thing as when, um, when Jason was little he used to say, uh, call me across the room, and he'd say, Mom, Mom, Mom. You know, I I was a typical mom. Mom, Mom. And then finally he would say, Mom, say what? (laughs) And he knew that when I said what, that I would look at him, and he had my attention. And sometimes this, he wrenched Jacob's hip out, is God's way of saying, Jacob, say what? Look at me. Pay attention. Our struggle is not without purpose. We struggle. Yes. Life is a struggle. Humanity, being human is a struggle, but it's not without purpose and it's not without hope. Verse 26, then the man said, let me go for dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. When Jacob realized that this was God, he held on tighter and wouldn't let him go until he blessed him. Now, pay attention. If you read this chapter, this, this whole chapter, you'll see that Jacob had hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of herds and flocks and camels. He had enough to split them into two camps. He had enough to send his brother gifts and gifts. He had like two or three waves of gifts. He had wives. He had two regular wives. He had two servant wives. He had children upon children (laughs) upon children for days. He had boys, boys and boys for days. We love boys. And so, why would he say, I will not let you go unless you bless, until you bless me? Because he was looking, he was looking for God's face. He had seen God's hand in his life, but he was looking for God's face. He wanted the fullness of his inheritance, he wanted to meet the God that his grandfather Abraham talked about incessantly. He wanted to meet the God that called his grandpa, Abraham, that called him his friend. He wanted a closer relationship. He wanted to know God on an intimate level. And as long as there is breath in our lungs, we need to be on that pursuit as well. We are living in a time when the status quo doesn't cut it. We are living in, time, in a time when our pet sins are not going to let us, get, get us by. We're not going to get by with our pet sins in tow. We are living in a time when God is saying, if you want, me, if you want help, you need me. I mean, our nation is, it, it's so glaring right now in our face. It's so much in our face about how badly our nation needs God. Well, I'm telling you what, right now, it starts at home. It starts here. If we want, we want to see revival. If we want it, we need to be ready. We need to be healthy. We need to set aside those weights that so easily distract us, that so easily get us off the path. And we need to put our focus on him. We need to keep our focus on a him. We need to be like Jacob. And we need to hang on and hang on and hang on. And it's like, oh, you got to let me go, dude. And he says, I'm not going to let you go until I see your face. I'm not going to let you go until I get that intimate connection. I'm not going to let you go until you, you bless me. The word bless right here in this verse, it's the same Hebrew word, Barak, that we see in both Psalm 67, 1 And Numbers 6, 24 through 27. And it says, The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. You're going to say to them, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance towards you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Jacob wanted to see God's face. When God shows up, we need to hang on to him until we see his face revealed. Like I said, Jacob had seen his hand working in his life. He wants to see God's face. He wants that intimacy. He wants that special bond. Where you can say, you know, where people will say, "Well, God this and God that," and say, "No, not my father." I don't know what, I, I don't know what. I don't know what the answer is to that, but I know who my father is. You know, you look at my dad right here. You can tell me all kinds of stuff about my dad. You can lie till the cows come home. And I would look at you and say, no, not my dad. Why? Because I have a relationship, because I know my dad. And we need to feel the exact same way about our Heavenly Father. You know, our, our, our physical fathers, they could hurt us. They, can, they could betray us. They can, they, they're human. But our, our Heavenly Father won't do that. And we need to trust him and to get to that point where we can say, not my dad. No, my dad loves me. My dad knows. How's it going to happen? I have no idea. I don't know. But I know that he's got my life in his hands. And he's going to make things right. He's going to make things right. Hallelujah. He loves us so much. Spurgeon says, a look of approval from God creates a deep, delightful calm within your soul. And the end of this, for some reason, I lost the last couple slides, but that's okay. The end of this, in verse 27, Jesus looks at him and says, what's your name? And the man goes, Jacob. And the reason why that's significant is because God knew what his name was. But what does his name mean? Jacob's name means supplanter, manipulator. Um, Taking things into my own hands. Doing things my way. That's basically what Jacob's name meant. And Jesus wanted him to come face to face with the reality of, this is who you are. This is who you are. Okay, what's your name? Jacob, manipulator, schemer. But he didn't leave him there. Thank God he didn't leave him there. And he doesn't want to leave us in our stuff either. He doesn't want to leave us there. What he wanted, he wanted Jacob to set aside that which was coming between him and God. Don't make God a second choice. Make God the first choice. He already uh, was blessed beyond measure. However, he needed to go to a deeper sense of surrender. This is where Jacob the schemer became Israel, the nation that prevails with God, that has superior influence and strength that strives with God as a son, not fights against God. Here, he wrestled against God. And he says, no longer will you wrestle against God, but you will fight with God. And you look at the children of Israel, and you look at their testimony, and you can see that when they decided to do it their way, it didn't work out for them. But when they decided to do it with God and God's way, there was blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon them. And that nation, and, and nobody could come against them. Nothing could stop them. And that's what God wants to do in us. God is calling us to a more intimate relationship. If you guys want to come up, you can do that. And this requires surrender. This requires looking Jesus in the eyes and giving him everything. So my question to you today is, what's your name? What is your name? Jacob's name was Surplanter. Jacob's name was Schemer. My name? My name was Martha. Where I had to perform a lifetime of performance. God, look what I'm doing. I'm raising my kids for you. God, look what I'm doing. I'm raising everybody else's kids for you. Look at the wonderful things. And he had his hand on it. But inside, I was longing. For something more. I was looking at the other Mary's and saying, God, don't you care that I'm doing all of this? And he says, all you got to do is come in here and sit at my feet. That's all you got to do. And when I repented, and when I looked at him and said, I'm done, I, you know, yes, I still do stuff. Why? Because that's my job. You know, <laughs> I can't just throw everything down right now. But it's a change of heart. That's when he rewrote my DNA. It was a change of heart that he says, and I said, You know what? Whether I do it or whether I'm not, I'm not doing it for your approval. I'm doing it because you love, I do it because I love you. I do it because you're my dad. You know, my dad would tell me to do the dishes. I did it because he's my dad. (laughs) It's part of the family, you know. What's your name? What is your name? See, it's an exchange. For Jacob, he had to surrender his own way of doing things. My way gave over to God's way. And what do you need? What do you need to give to him? What if today was the day that they remember as the day that the Holy Spirit fell? Well, I want to declare to you, today is the day that you're going to remember that the Holy Spirit is falling in your life. Because the, today is the day that you look Jesus in the face and you set aside the excuses and you set aside the blame. And if that person or if that person or if this person or if this situation would not have happened, then I wouldn't be this way. And God says, Stand up, own it, and give it to me. Give it to me, and I'll give you a new name. I'll give you a new name. Who am I now? I'm his daughter. I'm His, I'm His, (laughs) I'm His lover. I have that intimate relationship with Him. At times, I'm the warrior. At times, I'm the, you know, the intercessor. At times, I'm the leader. But when all it comes down to it, I belong to Him. I belong to Him. (sighs) Holy Spirit wants to fall on you today. Surrendering to all to God results in the greatest of relationships. One deep encounter with Jesus will cause us to walk away from selfish sinning and bring us into a soulful surrender. Then we can experience his blessings to the fullest. I've seen his hand working on my life, but I've come to the place where all I want to do is see his face. I want to see his face. Hallelujah. Will you bow your heads? Glory to God. Glory to God. God wants to do business in this place tonight, today. And what I want you to do is I just want you to close your eyes, and we're going to sing this song. And you're going to have just a few minutes to, to just ponder and to listen. Listen to what he's saying. What is your name? What do you need to turn over to him? What do you need to surrender in order to enter that place of intimacy. For some of you, maybe you're, you don't even know him and you, you want to surrender your life. That's fine, that's great, that's the best place to start. And some of you, you know, you know what you need to do. What's your name? Hallelujah. What's your name? And so I want you to consider, while we're singing, I want you to consider what God is speaking to your heart. And I want to open up these altars And you can come down and pray, or you can pray at your seat, or at whatever you need to do to do business with God. Let's go ahead and sing. Hallelujah.
0: Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And the more I seek you, The more I find you, the more I find you, the more I love you. I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand, lay back against you and breathe. Feel your heartbeat, and this love is so deep, and it's more than I can stand, and I'm melting your peace, it's
1: overwhelming altars are open if you want to come down and you want to do business with god if you want to turn around in your seat you can do so if you want to stand stand and worship hallelujah we have freedom here today
0: and the more i seek you and the more i find you more I find you the more I love you I wanna sit at your feet drink from the cup in your head lay back against you and breathe feel your heart beat this love is so deep, and it's more than I can stand, and I'll melt in your peace, it's overwhelming, and I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand, lay back against you and breathe, fill your heart beat. And this love is so deep. And it's, it's more than I can stand. And i am melt in your peace. It's overwhelming.
1: Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, we just glorify your name. Will you stand with us? Jesus, we glorify you. Just lift up your hands lift up your hands and surrender to Him this morning. Oh. And from your heart let's sing this chorus.
0: And I want to sit at your feet Drink from the cup in your hand, Lay back against you and breathe Fill your heartbeat Oh this love is so deep it's more than I can stand And i am melt in your
1: peace It's overwhelming Lord Jesus, you are overwhelming We surrender all to you this morning We give you our all today, Lord God Oh, and Father God, that as we go this week Lord God, that you would remind us Remind us, Lord God, of this word, God, and remind us, Lord God, of of who you are. (sighs) Call us in to those secret places. Call us in to those quiet times. Father God, we pray you meet with us, Lord God. Meet with us. God, that you would hear the heart's cry of those, Lord God, that are desperate to know you. Hear their heart's cry, Lord God. Show them, Lord God. This week, Lord God, show them how much you love them. Father God, that they would have an encounter with you as they surrender, as they turn their lives over, as they just continue, Lord God, to walk in the direction that you have put them, Lord God, that you would just overflow their lives this week, Lord God. God, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy, and I thank you for this church, and I thank you for the hearts of your people, God. We give you praise. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. We're going to let you go today. We have our ministry team that's going to come up. If you need prayer for anything, if you need prayer over what we just talked about, they will pray with you and God will meet you. Amen. Hallelujah. Have a great week.